0: Chapter 14 of Quit Your Worrying by George Wharton James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Ambition and Worry. Some forms of ambition are sure and certain developers and feeders of worry and fretful distress, and should be guarded against with jealous care. We hear a great deal from our physicians of the germs of disease. That seize upon us and infect our whole being but not all the disease germs that ever infected a race are so demoralizing to one's peace and joy as are the germs of such deadly mental diseases as those of envy malice covetousness ambition and the like ambition like wine is a mocker it is a vain deluder of men it takes an elevated position and beckons to you to rise that you may be seen and flattered of men it does not say gain strength and power wisdom and virtue so that men will place you upon the pedestal of their veneration respect and love but it bids you seize the spotlight and hold it and no sooner are you there than it begins to pester you as with a hundred thousand hornets flying around and stinging you with doubts and questions as to whether your fellows see you in this elevated place, whether they really discern your worth, your beauty, your shining qualities. And furthermore, it quickens your hearing, and bids you strain to listen to what they say about you. And as you do so, you are pricked, stabbed, wounded, by their slighting and jeering remarks, their scornful comments upon your impertinent and impudent arrogance at daring to take such a place and their open denial of your possession of any of the qualities which would entitle you to so honoured a position in the eyes of men. Then, too, it must be recalled that, when fired with the desires of this mocker, ambition, one is inclined, in his selfish absorption, to be ruthless in his dealings with others. It is so easy to trample upon others when a siren is beckoning you to climb higher, and your ears are eagerly listening to her seductive phrases. With her song in your ears, you cannot hear the wails of anguish of others upon whose rights and life you trample, the manly rebukes of those you wound, or the stern remonstrances of those who bid you heed your course. Ambition blinds and deafens, and, alas, calluses the heart, kills comradeship. Drives away friendship in its eager selfishness, and in so doing lets in a flood of worries that ever beset its victims. They may not always be in evidence while there is the momentary triumph of climbing, but they are there waiting, ready to teeter the pedestal, whisper of its unsure and unstable condition, call attention to those who are digging around its foundations, and to the flyers in the air who threatened to hurl down bombs and completely destroy it phaeton begged that his father phoebus apollo allow him to drive the flaming chariot of day through the heavens and in spite of all warnings and cautions insisted upon his power and ability though instructed and informed as to the great dangers he evoked he seized the reins with delight stood up in the chariot and urged on the snorting steeds to furious speed soon conscious of a lighter load than usual the steeds dashed on tossing the chariot as a ship at sea and rushed headlong from the travelled road of the middle zone the great and little bear were scorched and the serpent that coils around the north pole was warmed to life now filled with fear and dread phaeton lost self-control and looked repentant to the goal which he could never reach. The unrestrained steeds dashed hither and thither among the stars, and, reaching the earth, set fire to trees, cities, harvests, mountains. The air became hot and lurid. The rivers, springs, and snow-banks were dried up. The earth then cried out in her agony to Jupiter for relief, and he launched a thunderbolt at the now cowed and broken-hearted driver which not only struck him from the seat he had dishonoured, but also out of existence. The old mythologists were no fools. They saw the worries, the dangers, the sure end of ambition. They wrote their cautions and warnings against it in this graphic story. Why will men and women, for the sake of an uncertain and unsure goal, tempt the fates, and at the same time surely bring upon themselves a thousand unnecessary worries that sting nag taunt fret and distress far better seek a goal of certainty a harbor of sureness in the doing of kindly deeds noble actions unselfish devotion to the uplift of others in this mad rush of ambitious selfishness such a life aim may seem chimerical yet it is the only aim that will reach attain endure for all earthly fame ambitious attainment honour glory is evanescent and temporary like the wealth of the miser it must be left behind there is no pocket in any shroud yet devised which will convey wealth across the river of death and no man's honours and fame but that fade in the clear light of the spirit that shines in the land beyond Then, ambitious friend, quit your worrying, readjust your aim, trim your lamp for another and better guest, live for the uplift of others, seek to give help and strength to the needy, bring sunshine to the darkened, give of your abundance of spirit and exuberance to those who have little or none, and thus you will lay up treasure within your own soul which will convert hell into heaven and give you joy forever so long as men and women believe that happiness lies in outdistancing surpassing their fellows in exterior or material things they cannot help but be subjects to worry to determine to gain a larger fortune than that possessed by another man is a sure invitation to worry to enter into possession of one's soul who has not seen the vain struggles the distress the worry of unsatisfied ambitions that would have amounted to nothing had they been gratified in women's clubs as well as men's many a heartache is caused because some other woman gains an office is elected to a position is appointed on a committee you had coveted the remedy for this kind of worry is to change the aim of life instead of making position fame the attainment of fortune, office, a fine house, an automobile, the object of existence. Make the doing of something worthy and noble manhood or womanhood the object of your ambition. Strive to make yourself worthy to be the best president your club has ever had. Endeavour to be the finest equipped mentally for the work that is to be done, whether you are chosen to do it or not. And keep on and on and still on, finding your joy in the work, in the benefit it is to yourself, in the power it is storing up within you. Then, as sure as the sun shines, the time will come when you will be chosen to do the needed work. Your own will come to you. Nothing can hinder it. It will flow as certainly into your hands as the water of the river flow into the sea. End of chapter 14